Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on March 13th, 2020. We are continuing our March movie madness bracket, even though real March madness is not going on. Today we are bringing you our 16 favorite superhero movies. Going head to head, we're going to determine the best Within the Lines superhero movie of all time, which will face off against the best comedy of all time in our final four. We got some more stuff though, because as you probably know, the coronavirus is taking over the world, taking over the sports world, that's for sure. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then uh, before movies started canceling, or I should say studios started canceling movies, we went and saw Onward this weekend at the movie theater. So we're going to wrap up the show with a little bit of a movie scale of that. Yeah, let's do it. Should be fun. I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! Okay, Tyler, the superhero portion of our bracket is starting off starting off with an epic matchup. I think even more epic than the 1 through six, the one versus 16 matchup of our comedy movies. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. Um, if you weren't here last week, we jotted down. First of all, go listen. Yeah, go listen last week's when we did our superhero bracket. I mean, comedy bracket. But we jotted down 16 superhero movies each. Any that we both had automatically made our list. And then we kind of just, I don't know, made it work. Got 16 movies. 
and then went by Rotten Tomato critic score, audience score, and then Metacritic if needed to seed them. And so there's a 1 through 16 seed, and uh, they're going to go head-to-head in a tournament-style showdown. The only tournament that people are going to get in March now. Unfortunately, but it's a pretty good one. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So but yeah, first round. Number one seed, The Dark Knight. Some people say the greatest superhero movie of all time. It is we our will one determine seed. that. Versus the 16 seed, Joker, winner of nominee of Best Picture in the latest Academy Awards and winner of Best Actor in the latest Academy Awards to Joaquin Phoenix with a whopping 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Absolutely wild when I was doing this and I got down to The Joker as our 16th seed. Yeah. Great movie. It is. Great portrayal. Won a fucking Oscar for it. I don't get how you're up for best director, best overall picture, and best actor, and only like 68%. Maybe because the movie itself isn't enjoy enjoyable, I guess. It's hard to enjoy. I guess. It's really uncomfortable, and we talked about that when we did our movie scale on it before, but it yeah. is a really uncomfortable movie to watch, so I could see why people would knock that down, but I mean, there's a lot of uncomfortable movies to watch. I'm sure Get Out was uncomfortable to watch at points. I never saw it. I but, never saw it either. Oh bad example then i was hoping you'd piggyback off me on that one (laughs) uh the dark knight on the other hand though oscar winner for best supporting actor for heath ledger as the joker oh i didn't even realize that yeah so it's head-to-head joker oscar winners i mean so far joaquin's got the advantage he got best you know just straight up best actor he didn't get no supporting actor he ain't second to nobody (laughs) um the joker much less of a superhero movie even though it is in our our superhero category I mean, yeah. it's based on a, you know, villain, but it was a lot less comic booky than all of the other movies in this list. And I think that could be the one complaint I would make on it is it kind of just used the Joker's name, I think, to get more people to see it. But hey, that's fine. It was a good movie. It yeah. doesn't make it a worse movie, but... No, I agree. Um, But it definitely was as big as it was because it was the Joker when it very easily could have been... Hey, Arthur Fleck. Yeah, the <laughs> Arthur Fleck movie, and, you know, it is what it is. The Dark Knight, on the other hand, is... One of the greatest comic book movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, I, Again, some people agree that it is the best. It's our one seed. It's got the highest critic score. Was he, it nominated for Best Picture or no? Uh, I wanna, was Black Panther the first one? Dark it might have been. Night, Best Picture. We're both doing research at the same time. I don't, I, I'm not sure because I remember when Black Panther got nominated. I thought it was... Uh, and one more than the Marvel film scored best picture nod that eluded the Batman pick. So yeah, it did not get a best picture nomination. Oh, Cor- I'll be damned. According to HollywoodReporter.com. It had eight Oscar noms, um, but not a best picture, which Black Panther had. So it was nominated in eight other categories. That was in the 2009. Let's see the 2009 Academy Award nominees. I guess I should have done best picture nominees. Uh, bad radio, bad radio, best picture nominees. So the best picture nominees that year, only five. So nowadays we're seeing eight, nine movies. There's a good chance it would have been on top uh, nine. Frost slash Nixon. Never heard of it. Nope. The cur- cur- cu- curious case of Benjamin Button, which I think was the winner. Dude, ages backwards. The Reader, never heard of. Just popped out a hundred-year-old man. Milk. Um, I feel like I've heard that one before. It has, I think, Sean Penn. Yeah, Sean Penn. And um, Slumdog Millionaire. I've heard that one's good. Should Dark Knight probably should have won. I or not won, but at least been nominated. Nope, nope. should have won. <laughs> I'll say it. So does it win this matchup, Ty? Oh, okay. What so, are your thoughts? I think first and foremost, Joker v. Joker right now. Here we go. Who are you taking? 
I think we've talked about this before. I think as a Joker, Heath Ledger. Yeah. As just a overall character, the Joker was more interesting, but as a better Joker, <laughs> this is complicated. <laughs> the Joker movie Joker was more just call complicated. Just Arthur Fleck. Arthur was more complicated and had different things to it, but I think in terms of a cinematic Joker portrayal, Heath Ledger. I think you could say maybe um, he, um, Joaquin Phoenix maybe had a better performance in what he did, but Heath Ledger had the better portrayal of the like comic book version of the Joker because it very much was the comic book version, more of the comic version, where this was more of like a backstory that was created in... Who, who directed it? Tom Phillips? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would agree with that. I think in The Dark Knight, it's, it was very comic booky, but sort of grounded at the same time. And in the Joker movie, Arthur Fleck's portrayal was just grounded. Yeah. It was not comic booky at all. Yeah. Um, for me, though, the Joker was a character movie. Yeah. It was a study of a character. The Dark Knight was a cinematic experience. That it was. I did not see it in theaters, but that it was in my living room. You only saw it in your... Really? I didn't see it in theaters, no. Fucking up. That movie came out in like 2008. My parents didn't like going to the movies. I was too young to go to the movies by myself. The Dark Knight, Jay. Hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> For me, uh, just movie, I'm going The Dark Knight. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I like The Joker. I think I liked it a little bit less than you when we did our movie scale. And it definitely probably would have at least maybe been in the Final Four. I don't know. We'll. S- I don't know. Definitely at least deserved to move on. But it's just, you know, bad timing coming up against arguably the greatest superhero movie of all time. Yeah. I mean... You can't can't knock it. It's a great movie. It's just like super bad. It's just, you know, early round, you know, so sucks that it lost. Unfortunate upsets that we're not going to see in real life. So you got to get them here. <laughs> um, next round, we have our eight and our nine seed. Uh, this one, Guardians of the Galaxy. The eighth seed, yes. Up against Captain America Civil War, the ninth seed. Avengers two and a half. So Avengers, yeah, two and a half. And then Space Avengers. <laughs> okay so guardians okay i can't spell guardians i got it i was trying to spell i couldn't spell guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy has a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes tie yeah all of these were i mean joker was far and away the worst one i think 80 like four was the worst besides that captain america civil war also 91 yeah, I think I had to go to critics. And then uh, uh, audience, audience score. score, Guardians had 92, Captain America Civil War had 89. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not see this movie th- movie in theaters either, Ty. You're fucking up. You gotta go to theaters more. Not now, but... <laughs> I saw I saw it in my living room. It was a good movie. Maybe I didn't get as much of a cinematic experience for not seeing it in the movies, but it's still a great movie. Uh, Captain America Civil War, I was very excited about. It was the first movie, MCU movie with Spider-Man in it. And like we said, it was pretty much just Avengers two and a half. I would definitely say I liked this movie more than um, Age of Ultron, which I don't even think is on our list. Oh, easily. It is not. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. It's the only Avengers movie not on the list. Age of Ultron. Yeah. I don't remember much about that one. I watched it, but I just. It's all right. It's not good, but it's all right. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a watchable movie. So any thoughts, Ty? So for me, this one really is it's Avengers two and a half. It's superhero versus superhero. Civil War, yeah, um, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, some of the best fight scenes. I mean, still to this day, that top, airport scene. Yeah, iconic. that airport scene. Um, the final one where it's Captain America and the Warner Soldier versus Iron Man. Some would say the most iconic scenes in the MCU prior to Endgame. Yeah, for sure. Um, great storytelling sets up. It has a lot of precedent too for the future of 
I mean, it affected Infinity War and yeah. Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, it was a very important cog. Yeah, for sure. Ultron kind of was just kind of like, I mean, it had its impact, but I don't know. Yeah, Ultron introduced new characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Guardians of the Galaxy is such a, un- it's one of the most unique superhero movies on this list. Um, it's very quirky and the way they use music and the storytelling and the humor, it's just fucking fantastic. Yeah. I think if I sit down and I've just got to watch one of these, it's top three most enjoyable to just watch. Okay. I mean, that, and again, I enjoy shitty movies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying this is one of them, but I'm saying just for stupid enjoyment. I fucking love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been a while since I've seen it. I've seen it about two or three times, but it's been a while. I will admit. Um, the one thing I will say, Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the faults is its villain sucks. Guardians of the Galaxy, you said? Yeah. Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. Blows. Very I, lame. He's I, just like, hey, I'm a bad dude with hammer. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 villain is probably more compelling. Yeah. What's his name? Star-Lord's dad? Ego. <sighs> yeah. I remember more of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Do you? That's just because it's more recent. But I, ju- I just watched Guardians the other day, so I remember it pretty good. I got my vote. Look, I love Dave Bautista in this. Cause, Fantastic. Um, any WWE wrestler that turns into an actor, I'm going to support. Um, Groot, a little overrated. I'm going to say it. That's, that's your opinion. That is an opinion to be had. <laughs> um, overall, good dynamic. It was a great movie. Uh, I think I like uh, what's her name too, but she's not in this one. But I just wanted to give her credit—the one girl that reads the minds or something. Mantis. She's very funny. She's in two. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to give her. That, credit. Hey, that's fine. Should give her some love. But I think I got to go with the Captain America Civil War here, Ty. I <clears> like <throat> the whole, you know, fighting dynamic. The introduction of Spider-Man it was just an overall great movie. Very yeah. exciting movie. I agree. Um, if I had to choose, I would go Civil War. Guardians is enjoyable. Like I said, top three enjoyable movie to sit down. But Civil War is right there with it, but it also has a great storyline, introduced characters, great dynamics, great action set uh, set pieces. It's one of the fucking best movies in the MCU. Well, I watched a YouTube video about, this is before I think um, Endgame came out, but it was like talking about how that one fighting scene between Captain America, Winter Soldier, and um, Iron Man was like so important. And he like went into depth about it. And I was like, wow, this is very intriguing. Yeah, you could deep dive. It was fucking, it was I'll huge. i find that. It was huge. Um, I, this movie is just, and I mean, they completely cut Batman v Superman by having the superhero <laughs> face off first, I believe. And did a much better job at it. Way better job at it. <laughs> um, I, it's a fantastic movie. Oh, and I just remember the, the anticipation too. Cause I know in the comic books, it's like crossbones kills someone. I think, I think Captain America kill, dies yeah. in the actual civil war. So like book. the, you know, everyone like going into this, like, Oh, is Captain America going to die? Is this when winter soldier is going to take over? Like there was a bunch of anticipation about that. And it was just, it was a good movie. I liked it. That's a great movie. Um, it gave us black Panther. Yeah. Which oh yeah. Even, he's new in it too. I can't believe it didn't make our list. thought we would have talked about that. Oh, well, <laughs> um, but yeah, it gave us black Panther and it just, everything about that movie is fucking great. Yeah. So, I agree. So for me, it's a, it's a tough one, but it edges out guardians of the galaxy. Fair, fair enough. <clears throat> Next one up, Jay. Spider-Man Two, directed by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire, versus Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange, the twelfth seed. So pre MCU versus Doctor Strange in the MCU here. Um, Some would say the movies that spawned the current generation of superhero movies. Yeah, the Spider-Man franchise. I think critic-wise, well, I can look right now. 
Yeah, critic-wise, Spider-Man 2 is the best of the original Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah. Um, it's at our five seed, which is pretty fucking good with all the other movies on here. Yep. Up against Doctor Strange, which is one of those movies that I enjoyed a lot. It has some of the most wild fucking visuals yeah. you will see in any of these movies. Um, just the, the mind-bending, world-shifting shit they did. Kind of a little prelude to what Mysterio did in Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, a little bit. Similar to Which that. It's a great scene. It's fantastic. Um, I'm a known Doctor Strange fan. I really like Doctor Strange. Um, but Spider-Man, man. Spider-Man, man. Spider-Man, man. That Spider-Man franchise, dude, that was like my childhood. Spider-Man 2, you know, I loved the game. The game was the shit. I had Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation. The movie itself with Dr. Octopacopus. I don't know why I said his name like that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, there another, is there another villain in there or is it just Dr. Octopus? I think it's just Dr. Octopus. Oh, the third one has multiple, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same man and it has something else. I want to say there was something minor in Spider-Man 2, like a minor little, but I, I don't know. There's the iconic diner scene that, uh, you know, when the car flips in slow motion or whatever and he, like, saves, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I think it built off what the first one succeeded at and was better than the third one. Didn't mess up like the third one and it was just the best of the three. And I really like Spider-Man 2. Doctor Strange, on the other hand, I just really like Doctor Strange. Blown away when I found out Benedict Cumberbatch was not American. Great American accent. <laughs> He's very British. Um, kind of. It was very different than the rest of the MCU movies, and I think the reason I liked it so much was because I had zero expectations heading in. Didn't even know who Doctor Strange was, and it kind of blew me away. I remember being the beginning of it being a little bit slow with him getting in the car crash and like his hands and everything. Personally, thinking it was a little bit slow, but overall, I thought it was a great movie as well. Yeah, the story for me on Doctor Strange was the villain also kind of sucked. There was two main villains yeah. in it. There was like the the henchman main guy who's actual human and then big guy in the sky villain. Yeah. Which never works out well. I will say they did the best that they could with that scene where they kind of outsmarted the big guy in the Mor- sky. Mordor? Mordu? Um, Dormu. Dormammu. Dormammu. <laughs> got there eventually <laughs> where it was kind of like he used what he had to outsmart him and he didn't really beat him but it was kind of like you're stuck here with me until you let me go yeah i would have liked to see like maybe them hold off on him until the second one or just make the whole movie about him it kind of felt like a wasted a wasted villain in a sense yeah and then the the human i think mordu i think that's his name i don't know no it's yeah. kaecilius no i think it's mordu i saw mordu mordu someone i think that might be baron mordo yeah i think that might be his it's a black dude yeah, like side sidekick. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cassilius. Um, he sucked. <laughs> it wasn't very good. But the visuals in this one are incredible. Now, Spider Man two, Doctor Octopus is still one of the best supervillain portrayals of any movie. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think of the original Spider Man, this one is or the best or equal to the best, because we haven't talked about the other one yet. Um I just think the story in Spider-Man 2 where he loses his powers and then kind of gets them back when he needs them is kind of kind of kind of BS. <laughs> but it works out good in the movie. Um for me my vote's going to be Spider-Man 2. It's considered as one of the most influential and best superhero movies of all time. I don't know who said it was that. That's what it was Wikipedia says. Wikipedia never lies. I don't yeah, I don't know like why Spider I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you, Ty. Spider-Man 2. I like Doctor Strange, but I'd have to go with Spider-Man 2 as well. Yeah, I think Doctor Strange has its place, and it does 
you know, the visuals and everything pretty, like, incredibly. But uh, just the overall story and bad guys aren't as compelling yeah. as they are in Spider-Man 2. And they, like I said, they could have done something different. They, the they could have. They could have made it work better. But I, I like a lot of it, like the fucking time shifting and stopping time. Yeah. Those scenes are incredible. I think it's one of the most visually appealing superhero movies you could watch. Hey, if they build off of number one, they got through like you know the origin story, all that kind of BS that can sometimes bog a movie down, the origin oh, story. Oh, absolutely. Now they're going to number two with what's-his-name directing. Isn't someone important directing that? <laughs> Sam Raimi. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> I thought you were joking. <laughs> I don't. I didn't remember. Yeah, no, they got Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange two, and Spider Man two is considered the best one of the original trilogy. Maybe Doctor Strange two. It's gonna, be, the it's gonna be a little spooky, but it's gonna be okay. I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right, our next matchup: the number four seed. Some would say the funniest movie of the MCU: Thor Ragnarok, versus the thirteenth seed, The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, the third part of the uh, <laughs> Christian Bale trilogy. I didn't, I didn't trilogy. know what you're. Your acronym meant at first. <laughs> I can't fit the whole thing in a bracket. <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi directed the third Thor movie, uh, solo movie. Mm-hmm. Introduced one of the most uh, key characters to the MCU to date in Korg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, which, let's hear your thoughts. Okay, so Thor Ragnarok, I know people who have got given it a lot of criticism for being as funny as it was because they're not supposed to be funny, blah, blah, blah. Look, I mean, they had to do something with Thor. Um, Thor was easily the least compelling, you know, of the Avengers, even Hulk, like, yeah, he wasn't really compelling, but he was still Hulk. He could still, you know, the first two Thor movies, the first one was good. The second one was atrocious. Yep. Um, The first one was good. (laughs) And I think it was good for its time, but compared to what came after it, it wasn't as good. But at the time I had no complaints when Thor two came out, I was like, what is this? I don't, don't even want to watch this. Yep. Look, they did something different and I thought it worked. I thought, you know, it was comedic when it needed to be comedic. You know, they had a bunch of different dynamics. They had Thor's hammer breaking. You know, he kind of had to go through that whole, like, his dad died. And then, you know, he just, he went through, like, his own little personal journey. Kind of the start of his journey, his three-part um, development between this and the two Avengers movies. Korg is excellent. Fantastic. Loki <laughs> is Loki again. Loki, probably one of the best villains in the MCU, if not the best, just because how much he did. Um, the sister, whose name I can't think of right now. Hello. She was built as a badass. Yes. She's one of those villains where you're like, how the hell are they going to beat them? And then uh, just Hulk coming back, you know? Hulk needed to be back, and he was back, and he did. This is probably his best showing in the whole MCU. I think it's far and away his best, the best Hulk portrayal of any of the movies. Yeah. Um, I think before this, he was one-dimensional. It was just a throw him in, he's going to smash a lot of shit, which is fine. That's entertaining. <laughs> After this, Professor Hulk, not a fan. Yeah, not a fan either. I wish they would go back to this, because this is the perfect where he communicates and interacts with people. But he still just wants to fucking smash shit. He just <laughs> go crazy. Um, I thought his portrayal was great. I thought it was kind of a buddy cop situation with yeah. him and Hulk going through. You know, when they get on Sakar and then going through everything. Um, Loki was great. Valkyrie was fantastic. Oh yeah, Valkyrie introduced Valkyrie to the MCU. Um, the Grandmaster. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff he was Goldblum. Great. Very. Yeah. He's just playing Jeff Goldblum in space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that movie is top notch, and I I love fucking Taika Waititi. I, I, I agree with you. I think they tried the serious Thor route. I think they tried making Thor one and it, it worked good. And there were some fish out of water scenes where like he was drinking coffee. He's like, bring me another and fucking smashes his coffee yeah. mug on the ground. Shit like that works good with this kind of character. Yeah. Um, a lot less of that in Thor two. Yeah. 
I don't even remember. I like blocked that out of my memory. I think Thor two has him hanging up his his hammer on like a coat rack, and that's the funniest part. Which is funny. <laughs> it's funny, but um, I think what they did with Thor Ragnarok worked perfectly for this character because when you look at the two trill or the three trilogies of the original Avengers, you have Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Mm-hmm. Iron Man one, fantastic. Iron Man two and three, kind of lackluster, but they're good. Yeah. Uh, Captain America one is okay. Captain America two is just an Avengers movie. Oh no. Captain America two is the winter soldier. Yeah. Which is a fantastic fucking spy movie. Yeah. Captain America three is Avengers two and a half. So whatever, <laughs> but it was easily the worst of the trilogies at this point. So they had to change something. Hey, if Captain America civil war is Avengers two and a half, then this is like Avengers two and three quarters. Cause they got two fourths or two six or whatever of the original Avengers. They got Hulk and Thor. Yeah. And they had the villain from the original Avengers. Yeah. Avengers 2.75. <laughs> whatever. It worked great. Um, but on the other hand, we have The Dark Knight Rises. We saw I saw in the drive-in with you for the first time. I think and that I was is scared correct. I was very scared because at the time there was the uh shooting in the Aurora movie theater at this movie, so I was just terrified thinking oh, it was going to happen to us. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Forgot but that's not going to that. take away from how good the movie is. Now, the movie itself wraps up the trilogy very mm-hmm. nicely. Um some people like the ending, some don't, but it is a dead end for it. Well, they almost they tease setting up a little bit of a, a Robin thing with what's his name? Oh, what the fuck's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, they tease that, but nothing ever came of that. Which is what it is. Um, Bane, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Great job. Fantastic. Didn't know it was Tom Hardy for years. <laughs> he did really good. I liked uh, Tom Hardy as Bane. Uh, Anne Hathaway's in this. Just an Anne Hathaway fan. Just wanted to state that. That's fine. She's Catwoman. <laughs> I <so>. know. Um, <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this movie... Is very much a so it's like a the first one was an origin story, second one was Batman at his prime fighting the Joker, which is like you know fucking both top of the game. Yeah, this third one is him coming back after being done with it for a lot of time and losing off the bat. Yeah, Bane fucking breaks his back, mm-hmm. pretty badass. Yeah, I think of all the villains, Bane's the most intimidating. Yeah, Tom Hardy got fucking <laughs> yoked for this movie. Yeah, he was scary. And he, Hello, Batman. I can't do it anymore, but <laughs> um, the voice is great. Could never do it. And then when he broke his back and he's like training and has to climb out of that thing. Yeah. It's pretty the hole, scene. like the prison hole or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talia Al Ghul, Al Ghul is like his love interest slash switches to be a bad guy at the very end. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She's the daughter, the daughter of the guy who trained Liam him. Neeson. Yeah. Um, okay. So the listeners probably don't know this, but I've never seen Batman Begins. Liam yeah. Neeson's in it? Yeah. Liam Neeson's the wow. bad guy in Batman Begins. It's I need to watch Raz it. Raz Al Ghul and then Scarecrow. Is Liam Neeson Scarecrow? No, he's Ra's al Ghul. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Liam Neeson's the guy who trains him and then ends up being the bad guy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I told you you need to watch it. It would have been on this list if you had watched it. Oh, well. It's a good movie. There's that cool uh, football scene that they filmed at uh, Heinz Field, I believe it was. The dude's like running for a I think touchdown. it was Heinz Ward. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure on the Steelers. Running like, yeah, for the touchdown, like the earth below him's like cracking and crumbling and everything. Yeah. There's the one scene at the end. You're going to have to refresh my memory. I just remember there was like he drives off like or he flies off with all the explosives and he thinks they he, they think he kills himself, but he actually doesn't. That's what what happened at the end, Yeah, right? so everyone thinks he – so he takes the bomb that's going to blow up the city and drives into the ocean, flies into the ocean. Everyone thinks he's flying it, but then at the end it's like it was on autopilot and he's just sitting at a cafe with yeah, that's right. Catwoman and he sees Alfred. That's right. He's Good like, way to oh, end you're, it. You're good. Which – I think it's all right. I know some people have issues with it. I don't mind it. What what kind of issues? That they didn't kill him? I yeah, I guess. I don't fucking know. 
You can't kill Batman. I don't fucking know. You can't kill Batman. I think it worked out very well. It was a good, cohesive ending. There's a start, middle, and end for his that trilogy. Um, I think the villain was great. I love Bane in this. Yeah. Um, but for me, Thor Ragnarok is fucking fantastic. Is this the worst of the Dark Knight movies? Of the Christian Bale trilogy? Or I is this mean, better than Batman Begins since it's not on our top 16? I think... I don't know. I think they're probably about even. Okay. I think the Dark Knight is the definitive movie of that trilogy. And I think one and three are both good in their own way. Will we ever see another Batman series as good as this one? Do you think they could ever even do that? Honestly, with how shit's been going, probably not. What do you mean? I mean, all the the Batman movies. No, Batman movies (laughs) and everything have sucked. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know how they would uh, even like, I mean, yeah, they did the Joker in um, the Joker. (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah. I, I just don't know how you try to i mean that was different it wasn't like a batman movie i don't i just don't know how you do a, a joker with batman i mean jared leto's joker was just it it fell flat it was bad it was it so was i don't even know bad. what they would do and, i mean they they have other villains but and i think the thing with this is before it was always somewhat campy you know what i mean all the other batman movies with uh michael jack keaton nicholas. jack nicholas nicholas um <laughs> george clooney batman and robin <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is yeah. fucking Mr. Frozo Freeze. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Frozo's the guy from Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were always campy, and I think this one was the first one that was very n- realistic, as realistic as you could make it. Yeah. And it works so well that it's really going to be hard to copy that yeah. or replicate that without copying it. Um, I'm excited for the Robert Pattinson movies. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it'll be good. I mean, they have made a better Batman movie, Lego Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but my pick is Thor Ragnarok. It gave birth to my favorite um, film character of all time, and that is Korg. And it made me a Taika Waititi fan, which makes me happy because Taika Waititi makes and is in great movies. Fuck yeah. He's uh, producing the new Willy Wonka movies or TV series or something like that. Animated, unfortunately. On Netflix, because, right? Yes. I think Netflix or some shit. Which is unfortunate because I think he would make a great fucking live action Willy Wonka. Probably. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit and seen how quirky he was as Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be great Willy Wonka. I didn't know Taika Waititi was in Green Lantern. Yeah, he's uh, Green Lantern's best friend in that movie. Yeah, probably a reason I didn't know that. All right, what's up next, Ty? Up next, Jason, this one. Uh, we're going to discuss. Okay. Number six seed, the original Avengers movie, Marvel's The Avengers. Okay. Number 11 seed. The original Spider-Man movie, 2002 Spider-Man. Okay. Two very iconic movies. One started the entire superhero thing, modern superhero thing in Spider-Man. Yeah. The Avengers gave it the kick in the ass to be as huge as it, as it is now. Yeah. Um, We'll start with The Avengers. Great movie. Great. I just, oh, man. I remember when it came out, I was like 14 years old or something. I was just so mind blown how... Multiple superheroes were going to be in the same movie like that had never been done before. It was like, what they can even, they could do that? It's fucking crazy. Didn't even know they could do that. Um, fantastic movie, man. Just, yeah, Loki's great in it. Yeah, and then again, seeing all of the heroes come together and they slowly kind of introduce them throughout the movie. Like at first, I think it's Captain America, and then you get Iron Man with Captain America and Black Widow, and then Thor shows up, and then the Hulk. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's great how they all come together and build up. And then work as a team. And it's so unique. Yeah. We've never seen anything like it up until that point. 
And something I appreciate after the fact with all the other movies that have come out since, they did enough to wow the audience in this movie, but not enough where what they did in the future wouldn't also wow the audience. That makes sense. Yeah, it was a perfect amount. I mean, it was five. You look at Infinity War and Endgame, it's like, how do you go up from there? (laughs) Um, But Avengers, it was the five. The X-Men. Fuck yeah. And the Fantastic Four. That's exactly how. (laughs) But, um, you know, it it was a good tease of these are the characters we have right now teaming up let's see how this works out and they give you a great fucking movie yeah i think the the battle of new york is fantastic on how they all work together just the whole story and you know the story of the movie it's fucking great it's a great movie spider-man though i'm looking the original avenger members do you know who the original avengers members were hawkeye black widow captain america iron man and the hulk and thor no not in the movie oh uh, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp were a part of it. Um. Oh, yeah. Old Star Spangled Banner. Old Star Spangled Banner. Old Star Spangled didn't appear until issue four. Um. Five original members. Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Wasp. Wow. I wonder why they didn't do Ant-Man sooner. Yeah, that wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> that movie with Paul Rudd as Ant-Man is not as good. <laughs> instead of captain america yeah that's probably true um but i mean it's it's incredible it was one of the most incredible movie experiences of my oh, life yeah. i saw up that until, in theaters yeah. up until infinity war and endgame yeah um spider-man though i don't remember seeing this in theaters because i was i was a wee baby i definitely didn't yeah i probably did but i was a wee <laughs> baby because your father yeah um again it's not the first comic book movie there was batman movies before there's other movies before. superman Superman. A terrible Captain America movie in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is the first modern-day superhero movie where we believe it kind of kick-started what we have today where they fucking dominate the box office. Well, yeah. And it's like the first modern, like, just good superhero movie. I mean, yeah. That's, you have a, bold, like the... that's a bold take, Jason. A lot of old people are going to come after you about super, uh, Superman movies. Uh, I've seen some of those movies, and if... They're good for what they are, but compared to like Spider-Man, where <laughs> Spider-Man's a good superhero movie, but it's also just a good movie outright. I mean, I guess. But Superman in like the 70s, I don't know. I don't count that as modern. Sorry if you were like 20 in the 70s and I'm not counting you as modern. Oh, modern? No, not at all. I think this is the first movie that really, really did CGI in live action good. Yeah. To where he was fucking web swinging around new york i'd have to rewatch it nowadays and see because you always watch old movies and you see like oh how did i think that looked real back then you I mean, know what i mean <laughs> you can you can tell for sure but it's not outrageous yeah it's not star wars bad <laughs> what's your favorite scene from this movie is when he's crying when uncle ben gets killed <laughs> honestly i don't know the end fight scene with green goblin is pretty good aren't they in like green a goblin. cemetery or something or like they something like creepy something yeah and they break into like this broken down building and shit i remember being terrified of the green goblin i remember two scenes in particular that one and the one at the parade where he like pops the f- balloon float or whatever mm-hmm. and like he like bombs a pillar and spider-man has to go like save everyone under the pillar or something like that yeah and then uh but my favorite scene is probably the wrestling scene Wrestling scene's pretty With uh, good Macho one. Man Randy Savage. Before his death. <laughs> I think like right before his death, actually. Um, Probably. He's been dead for a while. You'd have to fact check that, but I don't know. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, I think it's a great story where, you know, he goes on a trip. He gets the powers very early on. Oh, no. He died uh, 2011. So, you know, nine years after. Yeah. Never mind. Not right before. 
Uh, he gets his powers, and then, you know, there's the scenes where he... I, I like the fight scene with Flash, where, like, the bully tries to fuck him up, and it's, like, when he first gets his powers, and he, like, basically does, like, the Matrix to, like, avoid his fist. Yeah. Fucks him up. That's a pretty good, like, introductory scene. Did you see the thing on Twitter where, like, there was the scene where he throws the food up and he catches it all in a tray? I don't know how true it was, but I I read that they said that was actually, like, a real, like, a practical stunt and it took him, like, a bunch of tries. Yeah, like, over 200, like, eight hours of filming for them to get it right. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just CGI that? I don't know. <laughs> Why would you waste... I have no fucking glue. Why would you waste eight hours? Yeah, they did it, and they sped it up in the movie so it looked even cooler, but they actually did it, like, threw it up and he had to catch him, and they put, like, glue on the bottom of him. I got breaking news. Oh, let's hear it. Miko cased a knife on Counter-Strike Go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see that. I think it's the same one I cased. Those are those are expensive. It's the Safari Mesh flip knife. I think that's the exact same one I cased. Oh, brother. Mine sold for like 80, 90 bucks, so. He said, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, a, man. That was great breaking news. All right. Uh, my vote, though, I got to vote for who are we talking about again? The Spider-Man? Avengers. Avengers. Spider-Man. I'm voting for Avengers. I agree. Like we said, Spider-Man 2 is the best of the trilogy. Spider-Man 1's great, but it has a few flaws, and Spider-Man 2 builds on it and perfects it. Yeah. I think he nailed it. Thank you, Ty. Next up, Jay. We did not set this up. Number three seed, Endgame. Number 14 seed. Absolutely I- outrageous that it's this low. Again, we didn't set this up. Infinity War. Avengers 3 and 4. It just so happened, out of the 16 movies we chose, these lined up perfectly in the bracket for a first-round matchup. Yeah. I think these are... Uh, We've had this discussion at length before, so we don't have to go too deep into it. Yeah, I think these easily would have made Final Four individually. Yeah, probably. We have talked about it before. By the way, Avengers Endgame 94, Avengers Infinity War 85. Fucking out. We've talked about this before. I think Endgame is the most fan servicey, awesome fucking movie there is. Oh yeah, greatest experience ever. Even better than Infinity War. Um, it, you, it just—I don't know if anything will compare to the movie theater experience that Endgame was. Which I probably would have said the same thing when Avengers came out. Yeah, <laughs> but just Endgame in itself is fucking incredible. That final scene is incredible. Um, but there's some plot holes. Yeah, that we've gotten into. We got into very deep discussions about that you would not you were arguing for look i am arguing for it but if we have to have those conversations that's an issue whether whether i'm right or wrong it's an issue (laughs) infinity war on the other hand we've talked about it before i think it's a perfect fucking perfect way to do a movie of that that caliber yes i think it perfectly and (laughs) i've seen this movie almost as many as any of these other movies how many times i've seen it twice I watched it like yesterday. <laughs> um, it just perfectly jumps around from this group of characters to this group of characters to this group yeah, of characters. Yeah, very seamlessly. doesn't feel forced. And just everything keeps flowing the entire time. And you get the character moments with this group. And you get the character moments with this group. And then for the most part, I mean, they don't completely come together. It's two separate final acts Yeah. on Titan and space and then in Wakanda. Yeah. But for the most part... All the groups, oh. oh my bad. All the groups come together for each of their final acts, and it's just fucking incredible. Well, and two, it's a perfect way to have Thanos beat them all, but without actually beating them all at once. Um, yeah, I mean, he wins both halves of it, which again goes back to Captain America: Civil War, where they're split up; they're yeah. not fighting together. Yeah, um, I think the 
probably the least compelling of the storylines was probably the Thor Stormbreaker storyline, but easily when that's the worst, then you know that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's not a bad one. I, I think it was funky. I think it was weird to have the dwarf guy, Yitri, yeah. the dwarf who's actually very large, but played by a real life person with dwarfism. He didn't look good. His acting was bad. <laughs> um. You made me forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Oh, Endgame was more like, it was kind of like a, a homage to the original Avengers. I mean, they weren't all the original ones. There were some extra ones in there, like Ant-Man and whatnot. But it was mostly the original Avengers. You know, they did that whole time travel thing. And it was cool. It was good for what it was. And like like we said, the end scene was absolutely awesome. That end scene's better than any scene in Infinity War. But like you said, Infinity War was the better, well-constructed movie, not plot holes. You know, this is Thanos' movie, and Thanos, you know, per- incredible performance yeah it's cgi and yeah you know it's not i mean josh brolin's standing in but he's got whatever on you know a body cap suit on but he does a great job and just the storytelling with thanos and it's just a great movie it is it's incredible and one of the most shock endings of all time that fucking great especially for a movie this big where you think they win even though you know like true mcu fans like kind of know like okay we know this isn't gonna you know what i mean but everyone knew but at the time where you're sitting casuals yeah, but, I mean, again, at the time where you're sitting there and you're like, all right, we still have another year until the next movie. Yeah. And, like, you're just sitting there, holy shit. <laughs> that ending's fucking incredible. Yeah. But, I I mean, I guess both of our votes very easily Infinity War. Yeah. I won't say very easily, but I would say, yes, it's Infinity War. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming versus Shazam. Shazam. So Marvel versus DC. Okay. Upon reflection, I don't know. Maybe we should have done Far From Home instead of Homecoming or both. I don't know. I didn't want to put both Spider-Man movies when we already had two other Spider-Man movies on here. But we went with Homecoming. We did. I thought we went Far From Home. I forgot it wasn't on here. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what we would have replaced, but hey, whatever, man. Coming up against Shazam. So Spider-Man Homecoming tie has a, I don't know what percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm still looking it up. Has one of my favorite actors, Michael Keaton, who I fell in love with because of this movie. It's uh, the first Spider-Man MCU movie after the, you know, the Captain America Civil War. It's a 97. What is? Uh, No, Homecoming's 92. It's 92. I have the ratings at the top, but I don't have them labeled. Oh, it's a 92. And then uh, Shazam is a 90. So Spider-Man, I mean, Michael Keaton, great villain. You got the whole dynamic Spider-Man, like dating his daughter, doesn't know it's his daughter till the end, goes to pick her up from the prom date, boom, Michael Keaton opens the door, it's the Birdman, not the Birdman, what's his name? The I Vulture. Mean, he is the Birdman. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's Vulture, he's like, oh shit, that's Vulture, you got that whole scene, we've talked about it before. And then you got Shazam, which was a surprisingly good DC movie, which I was surprised to not see on your top 16 list when we sent them to each other. This was one that we compromised on. I really like Shazam. I thought I probably think Shazam is probably the best DCEU movie they've made. Unless I'm just forgetting one blatantly. I've only seen it once. It's probably why it wasn't on my list. Um, I, I had no problem putting it on afterwards. That makes you feel better. Okay. Didn't come to my head right away, but I do enjoy this movie a lot. Um, it's a great like family dynamic movie. It's a lot more Marvel-y. It is. It's very much DC saying, we're just going to shimmy over and kind of do your guys' thing. <laughs> um, oh, what the fuck's the actor's name? I don't know. He looks like Jimmy Fallon. That's all I know. Zachary Levi. Yeah, Zachary Levi. Great in it. The um, kid was good. Yeah, the kid playing Zachary Levi's. Even, even his uh, his brother 
like his what is he's handicap or something i think he's even better than the billy batson kid the brother's fucking yeah. hilarious Freddie. yeah yeah he's he was i think the star of the movie um just all the siblings were good you had the asian kid you had the little black girl you just all the siblings were good the villain was a little weak we yeah. talked about that i didn't like the villain very much it was just kind of like oh we need a villain um but it is what it is it was a great movie though like i said i think it's the best dceu movie but spider-man homecoming yeah i wouldn't argue it's a that. tough matchup um the shazam again the ending like the ending scene is the family coming together and him sharing his powers with his family and so you get sort of this family dynamic which is maybe like fantastic four is what it's supposed to be in marvel where it's like a family dynamic yeah. fighting together which we haven't really got a great fantastic four movie yeah. shazam might be dc's one thing where they've got it right before marvel doing a great family <laughs> superhero movie but that's not even mcu marvel that's sony marvel that did the fantastic four so we can't even yeah but I'm just saying they they created the movie first. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I mean it's very great. It's very entertaining, and you enjoy it, and it's funny. And there is like that heartwarming moment where he goes to see what is it, his, his mom. mom. Yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Um, sad moment. It's sad. Homecoming. Fucking great movie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton. Like I said, made me fall in love with him in this movie. Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. Better Spider-Man than Andrew Garfield. He, hey, yep. he has one more good showing in him. I might say he's better than what's his name. I think he's already right there. Tobey Maguire. I just give him Tobey Maguire the the nod right now, just for le- legacy sake. Um, but just a fantastic movie, Ty. Yeah, I think one thing that helped it out a lot is he was introduced in Civil War. We've all seen the Spider Man. Again, you said like what was it? Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, the beginning of Doctor Strange. What the fuck is that called? Like backstory. Backstory. Yeah. There's no need for that. Origin story. Origin story. There is no origin story for Spider-Man. We've seen it multiple times recently. Yeah. Um, there was no need for it. So they threw him into Civil War. We all know who the fuck Spider-Man is. Yeah. And then Homecoming is almost like the second part of a, for like the Dark Knight. We had the origin and then there's the second movie. Homecoming is the first, but it feels like the second because you're just thrown right in. He's already Spider-Man, um, you know, doing his thing. Vulture, fantastic villain. Oh, yeah. I love the scenes with Michael Keaton, um, especially that car scene. Yeah. It's top-notch. Terrifying. <laughs> oh, uh, and we're going to see Michael Keaton back in, um, what's, what's it called? Morbius. Morbius, even though it might not happen because of coronavirus. We're going to be vampires by then. Oh, that's going to be excited to see that crossover. <laughs> but uh, Homecoming, is, it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. I enjoy it just as much as Far From Home. The ending, uh, where Tony Stark is trying to make him uh, like an honorary... Avenger or whatever, and he turns it down. And he's like, oh, it was just a test, right? He's like, yeah. And they open the door, and there's a crowd of people there. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm being dead serious, but. <laughs> I got to give it to Spider-Man. It's actually a lot closer <sighs> for me than it is probably for you. Um, I really liked Shazam, but I think I got to give it to Spider-Man. What about you, Ty? Yeah, it's homecoming for me. Okay. I love Spider-Man. I think Shazam is a great movie, but I think the Spider-Man movie is fantastic. And all the stuff of him around New York and whatnot, it's just a great fucking movie. All right, number two seed Iron Man, the the birther, the true beginning of the MCU, versus the number fifteen seed Deadpool, who is potentially maybe in future MCU. Who knows? Yeah, um, we chose Deadpool one. Yes, could have gone with two. Yeah. Well, I like both of them very similarly. Yeah, Deadpool one kind of started off fitting that it goes up against Iron Man that started it off. Yeah, very very R rated. Oh yeah. Unlike any of the, I mean, Joker is an R rating too, but 
Not to the level of Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool is sexual and violent and fucking awesome. Yeah. Could uh, It could have been on the comedies. I think I ranked it as one of the top ten funniest movies of the decade. You did. <laughs> but it's not a comedy movie, so. It's not a pure comedy. It is absolutely a superhero where he's a, was an anti-hero? Pretty much, yeah. He just, he just kills people. Yeah. That's okay. He's got cancer. Looks like an avocado. Yeah. A lot of fourth wall breaking. And that's the thing I think was fucking awesome about this movie is, again, going back to, like, the uniqueness of these movies. This movie jumps out at you for how yeah. unique it is. Yeah. Fourth wall. He's talking to the audience throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he says, like, fourth – how about that for a fourth wall break, like, in the movie? Yeah. And then there's <laughs> there's jokes about, like, uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. Like, his terrible <laughs> Green Lantern movie. There's jokes about Heath it Ledger. in this movie. Is there a Heath Ledger joke? Yeah. I remember at the, the final scene – when she takes off his mask and he's wearing the Heath Ledger, it's like the magazine cut out over his face because <laughs> he looks all Hugh, ugly. Hugh Jackman? Or Hugh Jackson. Yeah, sorry. Not Heath Ledger. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did like, no, a Joker joke. not Heath. No, sorry. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Um, the Hugh Jackman jokes. There's just a bunch of shit in it, and it's pure entertainment. Yeah. One thing I will say for it is they created this movie as a test, and it had a low budget, and the final fight scene was what it was, and it's a very contained story. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of small... There's not very many sets. Um, I mean, you have, like, the bridge scene. You know, you have, like, his apartment. You have some backstory with, like, the bar and stuff. Easy sets and that final scene. There isn't really much... Other than that, there's when he becomes a mutant or oh, whatever yeah. where they, they fucking activate all the shit. Whereas the second one, they got a little bit more of a budget. And I think they, they got did. some money. Yeah, they did some more. <laughs> the, some things they couldn't do in the first one. Yeah, I believe the first one, um, the final fight scene, they show up and it's like... Oh, all my guns are in the car. Oh, yeah. They make a joke about it. They yeah. make a joke. He's like, oh, I fucking lost my guns. That was actually because they didn't have the budget for the final well, fucking fight. Yeah, I think he said that in the movie, too. <laughs> he might have. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm so, I think so, yeah. he's. They were like, where's our guns? And he's like, oh, the studio didn't have enough money or whatever like that. Some shit like that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but for what it is, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I love that movie. It's fantastic. Going back to Iron Man, our number two seed. Let's see, it had a. I got it this time. Do you? I do. 94. Okay. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, did you do your seating right? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Endgame had 95. Nope. I mean, maybe it updated, but when I looked it up, it had a 94. How would it update? Why would someone I don't review know. a movie that's... has a 94 and a 90. I think you messed up, Ty, but it's okay. I'm Continue. almost positive I didn't. Continue. Yeah, Talk about Iron 94. Man. Iron Man. It is a... Contained story, sort of, where it's we follow Iron Man. Villain sucks, yeah. but it's a complete origin story movie. Yeah. It is Tony Stark being this cocky billionaire, going overseas and getting fucking captured, and that changing his life, and he becomes a superhero out of it. Yeah. His, the villain is, uh, it's like a, is he related to him? I know he's like. It's his business partner. Yeah, his business partner that knew his dad, and he's trying to turn like take advantage of the technology or whatever. Um, I rewatched Iron Man one about a year ago for the first time in a long time. And I was amazed by how much I didn't remember the movie. And it was a great movie. Yeah. I think it holds up very well. Um, you see a lot of him as the cocky Iron Man or yeah. Tony Stark yeah. character. And then you see him just tinkering away and building the suit and you see him testing the suit out and going for his first flight. And part of the thing in the final battle is the suit isn't fully developed and that's an issue and he fucking freezes. Yeah. And you know, it's very much a early stages. This is how it starts. 
Yeah, it's, well, it's kind of grounded in reality, too. Before all the crazy extraterrestrial, you know, space travel, the Avengers, there's not much in this movie. I mean, yeah, you can't really make an Iron Man suit. Maybe you can, but it's nothing, like, outrageous. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he catches a missile, but it, still, it's it, not. It, yeah. Again, nothing outrageous. It is very much grounded in, hey, if someone was this smart and could develop this kind of technology, you could theoretically see someone building a suit like this. Yeah. And, I mean, even he gets in part of a fight and, like, the um, Pepper Potts walks in on him and like his garage and the suit's stuck to him. Like he can't get it off. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that probably would happen if you got into a fight <laughs> and you still don't have all the kinks figured out. Like shit would get stuck. You would be stuck in this fucking metal suit. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. I love Deadpool. For me, it's Iron Man. We can discuss. We've agreed on every single one. If you disagree for me, Iron Man's the better overall movie. Um, it still has a pretty decent amount of humor, not to the Deadpool level of humor. Yeah. Um, I think the villains in both of them suck. Yeah. So for me, I give it to Iron Man. I, I, it's tough, but I think I, I would say Deadpool personally. Okay. Why? I just, again, rewatching Iron Man recently and then seeing Deadpool as many times as I've seen it. Cause my dad just watched that movie all the time and it was always on like HBO or whatever. I don't know. I feel like Iron Man was a great movie for when it came out um, compared to the rest of the MCU. You know, it is what it is. Like, it's kind of lackluster in some regard, I feel like. And they're both kind of test movies. Iron Man was the test of this whole MCU. Can we build it up? You know, they they started with not a famous superhero. You know, it's kind of career resurrection for Robert Downey Jr. A lot of risk in it. They definitely could have fallen on their face. And they made a good movie, and that's what led to them not falling on their face. But so was Deadpool. Deadpool, they could have fallen on their face. Ryan Reynolds, I mean... He preaches for this movie to studios, you know, studios and producers, everything. If this is a terrible movie and bombs, like, and he's Ryan Reynolds, he'll get work. But, you know, like, how does his career look after that? This was his baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just feel like if I had both movies at my fingertips and I had to watch one, I think I would watch Deadpool. I really, and you know, and I think, I, you know me, I just like, I like laughing. And <laughs> Deadpool makes me laugh. <laughs> and I think just compared to everything else, like Iron Man, I feel like, if I were to pick it over Deadpool, I would just be picking it out of respect and not because I actually liked it more. That's fair. I think Iron Man's the better overall story. Um, but I can see where Deadpool does make you laugh a lot more than Iron Man does. Yeah. And if you're trying to enjoy it, I can see that. Um, I also, I say it's a much better story, but it's not like Deadpool is a shitty, straightforward story either. Yeah. I think the fourth wall elements are great in it. And for me, it's it's very close. So I'm fine giving it to Deadpool. I don't know. I feel bad though. I for I feel me, like they're, you're not fine giving it to Deadpool. I am because they're both very close for me. When you look at it again, Iron Man is great for when it came out and when it was released, you know and what? I think it still holds up today. We're gonna have a tiebreaker right now. Okay, let's see if he answers. Who? Miko. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the first person on my phone. Hello. Miko, quick. What's the better movie, Iron Man or Deadpool One? Uh, Deadpool One. Okay, thank you. Bye. That's tiebreaker. Deadpool. I was already fine on. doing it. I was already fine doing it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to give Miko a little guest appearance on the podcast. <laughs> he's on. He's living mile high right now with his knife. I don't know what to do. Oh, Evan Brickers gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it moves on. We're down down to eight, Jason. All right, so we talked about each in detail. We maybe don't have to talk about them as much in detail. Yeah, it's more just comparative at this point. All right, The Dark Knight versus Civil War. Dark Knight, like we said. Goes down as one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Civil War, Avengers two and a half. What are you thinking? 
I'm thinking The Dark Knight is, again, one of the best comic book movies of all time. Yeah. But it is a self-contained story. Yeah. With one villain, one main character. I think Civil War does a great aspect of multiple heroes, and no one's really... I mean, there's the Zemo who's the villain. Yeah. But he makes the other Avengers the main villains of the movie, even though they're not villains. Yeah. Um, For me, I love The Dark Knight, and I think if it would have gone up against almost any of these other ones, say 50-50, it would have moved on. I think it's Civil War for me. Wow. I love Civil War. I think The Dark Knight is a great movie. I think it's a great portrayal, but just looking at what Civil War does... Wow. I give it to Civil War. I disagree. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. I thought <laughs> if I thought going into this, like if, if we asked people, they would think I'd be the one to pick Civil War and you'd be the one to pick Dark Knight. Again, I love the Dark Knight. Again, it probably beats almost all the other ones on this list. I just oh. Civil War, it has Spider Man, it has Iron Man, it has Captain America. Yeah, it Black has Panther. everything, but does that make it necessarily better? And it gives each of these unique characters their own moment to shine. Yeah. And I think when it, you look at the story of how it's this hidden thing, and you know they make the Winter Soldier the bad guy, but he's being framed, so he's not really the bad guy. But half of them want him killed; the other half are trying to protect him. Um, these heroes that have made their career and based everything, you know, with working together on the Avengers, are now fighting. Okay. Um, the airport scene has some of the best action set pieces ever. But Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's portrayal is fucking great. And I think the scene at the fundraiser um, where, you know, everyone's there and he takes, I uh, can't think of Rachel. Mm-hmm. It's like, you won't, you know, the, you don't want to know how I got these scars. There's that the monologue. There's the scene where he's talking to all like the assassins or whoever they are. I forgot who he's. It's like all the gangbangers in the. Or he makes the pencil disappear. Yeah. Fantastic scene. Uh, there's the scene. The, the opening scene is fucking great. The bank robbery? Yes, the bank robbery. That's fantastic opening. The the ferry scene where there's one ferry with convicts and one ferry with citizens, and they have to decide. It's pretty much like the trolley problem, kind of like, are you going to blow up this ferry with the convicts, or you know, are the convicts going to blow up this ferry with all the city and, city city citizens? Citizens. <laughs> the one um, convict throws the detonator out the window. The prison scene where Dark Knight is a uh, Dark Knight. Batman is pretty much interrogating him. And he like places a bomb in some guy's stomach, and then he puts a uh, two face in one area, and then the girl in the other, and they have to save one. There's a hospital scene where there's the whole like people getting getting crazy. Where I forgot about Two Face. We haven't talked about Two Face <laughs> this entire thing. There's the scene where he has like his finger over the safety of the gun or whatever. So even if Two Face went to kill him, he wouldn't have been able to. And it's just mind games. Whether or not that was intentional, who knows? You know. And then there's the whole like, oh, the hospital blows up, and Heath Ledger actually got scared and was like, oh, jumped at it and everything. I don't know, Ty. You've swayed me. Have I really? <laughs> For me, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, Dark Knight's a great fucking movie. But I forgot 60% of that movie thinking about it. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> There's a reason people love it so much. Are you just saying that so we can agree? I'm not. I have no problem arguing you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a MCU fan, you know, and usually biased towards the MCU. But Civil War was great. Um, I like how it introduced Spider-Man. And it definitely probably would have been in the final four if it matched up against something else on this list. Um, final four it being in the superhero category. But I just feel like The Dark Knight, just as an overall movie, is the better made movie. I forgot a lot of, about a lot of the set pieces with The Dark Knight. Oh, the fucking guy who's trying to expose him. And Batman has to go and save him even though he's trying to expose him. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to fucking kill And everyone's like trying to kill the reporter guy. Yeah. Another great scene. <laughs> I don't know. Civil War is great. Um 
how much of a different dynamic does it bring than the other Avengers? I mean, yeah, you have the Avengers fighting, but it is just kind of like a glorified team-up movie with story. It does have story, but... I think it has a great story. I think Civil War is a fantastic movie. But when you look at all the aspects of The Dark Knight, like you're saying, I think there is a lot more to it than I was given credit originally. All right, Ty. So I'm fine with that. This is a tough one. Spider-Man 2 versus Thor Ragnarok. I'm just going to say it right away. My vote would probably be Thor Ragnarok, but I'm willing to be persuaded. So I'll let you make the case if your vote is Spider-Man 2. It wasn't. Oh. <laughs> I love Spider-Man 2. I think it's a great movie. But <laughs> what Taika Waititi did with Thor Ragnarok, it's so unique and fucking awesome. Oops. I think the villain isn't fantastic. I think Hela does enough. She's a badass, though. She is a badass, and I think she does enough to move the story along. I think Dr. Octopus is the better villain, but I think the overall, everything else is Thor Ragnarok. All right. All right, Ty. I was trying to give you a chance to uh, sway my opinion. not going to sway you if I, don't, if I don't think you should be swayed, Jason. All right. Six versus 14, another Avengers matchup. The original Avengers versus Avengers Infinity War. So the original Avengers, Avengers was the table setter. It set up Infinity War. Infinity War would not be possible if it was not for the Avengers. But Infinity War took what the Avengers started, and it built on it, and it made it even bigger. It made it even better. had a much more compelling villain. The behind-the-scenes villain of the Avengers was Thanos. Teased and not him. only that, the villain of the Avengers dies by the villain of Infinity War, like the opening 10 minutes. Loki. Okay, yes. Thanos kills you, Loki in like I had, 10 minutes. <laughs> I had to like do some mental mapping of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Thanos kills Loki for good. That was probably the most shocking thing of both Avengers movies. I mean, the snap, but besides the snap. Killing Loki like right away. That was pretty fucking wild. Did not see that coming. Heimdall dies too, but no one cared about him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just gets completely overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Heimdall. Um... Uh, I guess if I had a nitpick, um, I'll say the nitpicking for later. My vote is Infinity War. You know how I feel about Infinity War. (laughs) All right, Ty. I can't fucking type. Two superheroes that in the comics interact with a lot. Some would say Spider-Man is the PG version of Deadpool in the comics because he also breaks the fourth wall and is kind of like witty and funny. At least I think so. I hope your dad doesn't text me and say I'm completely wrong about that. Riley, if you're listening right now. I think we're good. Riley, if you're listening right now. Well, I know you are. Just text me whether I'm right or wrong about that take, okay? <laughs> got Spider Man Homecoming versus Deadpool one. So you had Deadpool beating Iron Man. Yeah. Spider Man only beat Shazam. Yeah. Oh, you fuck. know I love me some Spider Man. I really love me some Spider Man. And I love me some Deadpool. Deadpool's great. I don't know. So Deadpool has just yeah, just the talk. fourth wall breaking. Yeah. It has the comedy. Um, and just the fucking over-the-top gore yeah. of the R rating. Yeah. Whether it's sexual, violence, whatever. Spider-Man Homecoming has the much better story. Yeah. Much better villain. Michael Keaton, phenomenal. Um, And it's more of a heartwarming moments where he's, like, trapped under the rubble, and he's like, get up, Spider-Man, get up, Spider-Man. Yeah. He's got to do that. He saves all of his friends. He thinks, you know, his friends are going to die in DC. Um, It's him figuring out how to be a superhero. I think Tony Stark takes away his superpower yeah. or super suit and then makes him go back to like his homemade one and it's kind of getting beat down to bounce back. Yeah. Deadpool, the story is just lackluster. Okay. The comedy is what makes up for it. Oh, yeah. So right now it comes down to do you want the better story? Sit down and watch an enjoyable story and 
character moments and villain? Or do you want to sit down and enjoy some action and comedy? If I was had the choice of either movie right now to sit down and watch, I think I would sit down and watch Spider-Man Homecoming. Deadpool's great. Deadpool makes me laugh. I like it more than Iron Man. But I love me some Spider-Man. Michael Keaton, phenomenal performance. And it's not like Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming's more funny, more funny, funnier than Iron Man. So it's not too far behind. Well, it's kind of far behind Deadpool, but it's a different style of humor. I don't know. I just really like Spider-Man. I am a Spider-Man biased. I'm blown away right now. I thought I was going to have to go to bat for Spider-Man. Oh, really? I really thought you were going to say Deadpool. No, okay. The case with Iron Man and Deadpool is I it's like I just I probably don't value Iron Man as much as other people. And I just think when I rewatched it, like, yeah, it was a fine movie. It was a good movie. I just think it might get a little bit too much credit just because it's like the granddaddy of them all. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fine. It's better. It's the best Iron Man movie. And if it came up against Shazam, it would have won. If it came up against the first Spider-Man, it probably would have won. If it came up against Dark Knight Rises, I might have picked it over Dark Knight Rises. Doctor Strange, I would have picked it over Doctor Strange. It's just bad matchup. I love Spider-Man Homecoming. Again, I've, I haven't had work this week because of rain, so I've watched a lot of movies. I just watched Homecoming the other day. One thing about Spider-Man, and I know you hated it, I kind of like that they revealed his identity. That was in the next movie, but... No, I know. I know. I'm just... Just in general? Yeah, because I, I don't like it. Because what I was thinking when you were explaining, explaining like what happened in Homecoming, I just got a little tiresome of the whole, like, oh, I can't let anyone know who I am, especially in the MCU where everyone knows all the superheroes. It just, for like the sixth time, it's just kind of like, all right... I was also watching it, and he's sitting in class learning about the fucking Sokovia Accords, uh-huh. which is like you have to sign up to be a superhero. Yeah. And I was like, how's that work? Like, he's learning about that, but doesn't he technically need to be a part of that or he's a criminal? <laughs> like, you're learning that, like, hey, maybe I should go sign up, but you're just doing superhero shit on your own. Like, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was kind of, it gets kind of tiresome doing that whole, like, oh, secret identity thing. I'm excited to see what they do with the third one. I'm excited to see what they do with the Sony crossover. Morbius, Michael Keaton. I have a feeling with that. It's Venom, be... the one guy from the prison, Fire Guy. Fire Guy. What's Scorpion? Scorpion. It's not Fire Guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a feeling it's going to be Sony. Everything that happens in the Sonyverse connects to Marvel. As in, like, you know, the Vulture is in the Sonyverse. But the MCU is going to completely ignore anything that happens with the Sony movies. That's fine. Hey, Tyler. That's I, what Netflix did. Netflix referenced all of it, but anything that happened in like the Daredevil show or whatever never got referenced in a movie. I'm fine with... Dude, I'm fine moving on if every Spider-Man is a Sony movie. As long as we get to keep him for the team-ups, he could go do cool things with Venom and just keep like you know the Mary Jane and all those the same people, Zendaya. Those could be Sony movies as long as they don't mess him up. I'm fine with that. I mean, Marvel Studios is probably still going to help with them. Yeah, I'm fine if like the first Homecoming had Iron Man in it. Far From Home had um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill yeah. and the Scrolls in the post credit, but we didn't know I'm, it was Scrolls. I'm, I'm fine if there's none of that moving forward, and he's just in the superhero team ups. Yeah, and has his own solo movies with his own characters. Now, I'm fine with that. what if? I don't know how this would work, but what if that's Disney's way of getting Deadpool into the MCU's kind of scene? Is they just kind of throw him in this Spider-Man Sony land? Because they don't want to bring the R-rated version of Deadpool to the MCU, but there's more likely that you know because it was Venom R-rated. Yeah, yeah. So there, it would. Oh fit no, better I, think they, I think it was supposed to, and it ended up being oh. PG-13. But either way, like, what if they, you know, just just a theory, just floating that out there, since we're talking about Deadpool and Spider-Man. I think the only issue with that is, uh, yeah, it was PG-13. Is that Sony produces the Spider-Man movies and the Venom movie and the Morbius movie? Um, Fox produced the Deadpool movies, so but Marvel Fox don't exist no more. 
Marvel owns Fox, so Marvel would be the ones producing the. Deadpool but that's what movies. I'm saying. Marvel can work a deal out with Sony. But yeah, but and then how how much do they want to sell Deadpool? Deadpool is fucking know. great, great thing. To but have. that's the thing. Do they want to make? It's. I'd rather if I'm Disney and if I don't want to make it, I'd rather at least sell it. At least let Sony produce it. You still own it, but tell them like, hey, you can. Here's a three movie contract where you you know you're in charge of Deadpool. You know. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be something funky with Deadpool. I don't know. I hope they do the right thing. But I just would hate to honestly. I would if Deadpool going to the MCU means he would be PG or PG thirteen. I don't know if I'd like it. I think they could make it work. Anyway, I enjoy the on. I enjoy the graphic chopping off heads and <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. But I think they can make it work. Moving on, we got number one, the Dark Knight versus number four, Thor Ragnarok. It's a tough one, or is it? I think if we're being honest, the better, well-made movie is probably The Dark Knight, just with scenes, visuals, yes, performances. I mean, Thor's obviously got the comedy aspect. It's got the whole aspect of reinventing a character. Mm-hmm. It's got Korg. It does. So what are you thinking? Where are you standing? So for me, I'm not even looking at The Dark Knight versus Thor Ragnarok right now. I'm looking at Thor Ragnarok versus Civil War. Okay. And for me, they're about equal. Yeah. I enjoy them for different I reasons. I would think they're about equal. I'd probably give the slight edge to Civil War, but we all know I'm biased because of Korg. Slight edge to Civil War? Or to Thor, sorry. And again, I think they're right about there for me in terms of how much I enjoy them. And the Dark Knight beats Civil War. Yeah. So I think the Dark Knight is the way far and above better made movie. Yeah. Um, And I love Thor Ragnarok and I love the comedy aspect of it, but... Even then, sitting down, if I have both of these to watch, I don't immediately jump to Thor Ragnarok. And that's a fun movie that I should immediately jump yeah. to. And I think The Dark Knight is so good, it overpowers that. And it's, point. well, it's, you know, you said The Dark Knight is like way overwhelmingly a better made movie. It's weird because they're both really well made movies. They're just well made for different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Like The Dark Knight is a well made superhero movie and so is Thor. But like The Dark Knight stands up against Oscar winning movies. You know, like critics love this movie. It's, you know well thought of and not saying Taika Waititi didn't think of what to do with Thor but it's it's kind of it's different it's hard to explain this the Dark Knight is a very grounded on earth type yeah. of story Thor is just comedy in space they yeah. can do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> I mean you know they're fighting giant fire fucking dude yeah and they did the best they you know they did absolutely phenomenal with what they had but at some point you do I feel like with movies like Thor Ragnarok and even like Endgame and Infinity War to a point you kind of reach like a quality point with like critically where it's like you can't really go farther because you're kind of limited by you know like it's hard to for a critic to look at a movie and be like wow you know this makes me feel some type of way wow this is you know best picture when it's you know a giant what it is green dude and fire monsters and they hit a point where it's like okay yeah and i agree with that i think the dark knight is grounded enough to where they don't hit that point all right moving on the dark knight i almost had eliminated early too i'm glad you swayed me are you? I am. Okay, good. I felt a little bad. I felt like I kind of peer pressured you. <laughs> no, I I love this fucking movie. Oh, this is Homecoming. All right. Number 14, Infinity War versus number seven, Homecoming. I'm just going to be quick. I'm going to be simple. My vote is Infinity War. Homecoming is great. Infinity War also has Spider-Man. We've already praised all the things about Infinity War. I cannot make the case for Homecoming over Infinity War. Let me Let me can. make that case for you. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> it's infinity war right it, 
Michael Keaton's great, but so is Thanos. So is Josh. Thanos Bowman. is much better. Spider Man is yeah. good in Infinity War in his moments. Yeah. And then you have everyone else in a much better story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the finals. The Dark Knight, number one seed. Versus Infinity War. Avengers Infinity War with the fourteenth seed. Oh my god. It still blows my mind that Infinity War is our fourteenth seed. Because literally, when you line it up against these other movies, it's so fucking good. The only one so far that it had a chance of beating it was Endgame. And even then, it's, we've had that argument. And yeah, they're close, but I don't think they're as close as, as many people think. Yeah. Easily, I mean, Avengers was good, but I think it easily beat Avengers. What do you think hurts Infinity Wars? I mean, it's still certified fresh, but what do you think hurts Infinity Wars... Rotten Tomato score because you know there's the whole argument like oh it's a hodgepodge of a lot of you know people and it's just a lot to go on and but Endgame was in the 90s so it's not like that same logic necessarily applied to Endgame or were people much just more used to it by then because they already saw Infinity War like why do you think Infinity War has lesser reviews you think it's the ending I genuinely don't know I don't get it do you think it's because there is a lot going on where Endgame is kind of like a focused storyline and Infinity War does kind of jump from thing to thing so, with that argument, though, where Endgame's more focused storyline, it's focused with the main characters. Yeah. And then the ending scene is so incredible because it's everyone else. Yeah. Black Panther's in this movie for maybe two minutes. Ant-Man and all them. Ant-Man has his moment. You're but like the, about Endgame, right? Yeah, in Endgame. Yeah. Um, the Wasp is in this for maybe 30 fucking seconds, maybe a minute. <laughs> uh, you know, Even, like, the people that are still alive. I mean, Cap Marv isn't in the movie very much yeah. not until the end she's in the opening scenes and then leaves it and shows up at the very end and a lot of that i think was kind of the homage to the original avengers and wanting you know to tie it back plus ant-man and so but the argument against infinity war is you have to see all the other movies to enjoy it as much real quick sorry yeah, to interrupt maybe intentional or not intentional did they have this conversation Ant-Man is in this movie with the original avengers because Ant-Man himself was an original avenger in the comic so they wanted to do that slight you, he want, they want to throw him in there as well. That's, that's good thinking. Because they could have done any of them. They could have found a way to make any of the other yeah. storylines work. But they chose Ant-Man. They could have done it with Black Panther and sure he could have figured out time travel. Yeah. They could have made Black Panther one of the main guys the entire time. I think that could be it. I think I bet you it was at least discussed once in their, their pitch meetings. Like, hey, Ant-Man was an original Avenger. We didn't use him in the original Avengers. Why don't we make him like the one guy we kind of... With the original Avengers yeah. for this. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Big brain. Big brain. Continue what you were saying. Infinity War, the complaint against it is you need to have seen all the other movies because there's character moments for these characters, but you have to know who they are from the other movies. And I think that brought it down. Okay. Which uh, is a load of shit. uh, Well, don't you kind of have to see all the Star Wars movies to see like episode seven? Yeah. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, and for me, the, the reason Endgame's ending is so fucking great is because you've seen all these other movies and all these other characters. So you're going to say Endgame's ending scene is so fucking awesome because of that, but then shit on Infinity War for the yeah. same reason? Yeah. It's crazy to me. And even Infinity War, it has story arcs for the Guardians of the Galaxy where they're with um, Gamora. And then, yeah. you know, she's like, kill me if Thanos gets me. And then Thanos gets Gamora and he goes away. And then at the end, they're fighting. And, you know, there's the Gamora storyline with all of them. Yeah. Captain America, there's the Vision storyline. With them, where they Vision leaves and they're trying to live their own life with Vision and Wanda, mm-hmm. and then they have to rescue him, and then it's well, what do we do about this Infinity Stone? And now we have to destroy the Infinity Stone. They have their storyline. Yeah, Iron Man with Spider Man, even to some point. I mean, he has the storyline that's gone on throughout the movies of him and Thanos. Yeah, where it's like haunted him, 
and then Spider-Man being there and him not wanting Spider-Man there and then them working together. That kind of father-son kind of dynamic. Yeah. So those characters have their things. Um, Doctor Strange is there too. <laughs> I don't think he has as much of a storyline, but he's important. He's very important to it. And so you give me all of these different aspects that all flow together so fucking Doctor good. Doctor Strange is kind of important. He's important. I don't think he has a story. Sacrifice the 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 stone. Yeah, but I so think this he, is the end he's game now. There he introduces Thanos. I guess he's the one who figures out about Thanos and brings Iron Man to you know yeah. with him. Um, but still, you give me all of these characters all working together in such a perfect way. The Thor one kind of sucks, where he goes and gets the hammer. Yeah, and you get that little bit of backstory, like oh Thanos came here and made the gauntlet. I could have done without that. Yeah. I mean, I like the part where he has to go and make his hammer. I wish they could have done it some other way. Yeah. Um, but it's still not bad. That's the worst part of this movie, and it's not bad. Yeah. So I don't get what hurts it, critic score-wise. I think maybe uh, – I think it is just – it's so much. And maybe by the second one, by Endgame, they they were used to that so much. They're just like, all right, it's going to be this. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've read you these, the bad reviews before. We've done this on like multiple podcasts. I'm not going to do it again, but it's crazy. My favorite one, which I've read you twice now, this is probably, I think, the third time. Anthony Lane of the New Yorker saying, At stake is the fate of the universe. Why must it always be the universe? What's wrong with the fate of Hackensack? Doesn't anyone care what happens to South Dakota or Denmark or (laughs) Peru? I love it. Rotten. Love it. (laughs) It's Um, like, this is a big movie. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) So, how does that compare to The Dark Knight? At fake, as always, is, you know, the fate of Gotham. Why can't it just be <laughs> North Virginia? <laughs> North Virginia? <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking Virginia and West Virginia. There's no North no, that's Virginia. That's right. North Dakota. <laughs> North North Virginia. It's just north of the state Virginia. <laughs> so Maryland? Yeah. I think it is. Um, how does that compare to The Dark Knight, Ty? So The Dark Knight is the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. not a bunch of storylines. It is not a bunch of characters. It is Batman and Joker and them being complete opposites. Yeah. And it's this is a movie where Batman's at the height of his Batmaning. Yeah. Um and he meets his perfect opposite. Yeah. Where Batman wants to, you know, make I don't know, bring I'm pretty sure throughout multiple scenes like Joker tells Batman to kill him too because yeah. he knows Batman won't do it. And that's, yeah, there's the scene where they flip the fucking big rig and he gets out and Batman's driving the motorcycle right at him. He's like, come on, hit me, hit me. And Batman fucking like lays out on the bike. Yeah. Because he won't do it. Because he won't kill. Um, And Joker, his whole thing is making other people kill. The fairy scene. He's Mm -hmm. trying to get good people to kill no matter what, whether it's the felons to kill good people or the good people to kill the felons. He's trying to get people to kill and incite chaos. And I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but. Wasn't part of that, too, that, like, both of them were going to blow up if one of them chose to kill the others or something like that? It, yeah, after a time, they were both going to blow up. Yeah. So it was figure out who wants to kill who or you're both going to die. Yeah. And Batman stopped that from happening. It doesn't happen in the story, but still, it creates chaos. Yeah. Creates panic, which is, like, a real-world thing. Can you imagine if, like, in real world, you were on one of those fucking boats? I'd be like, who's on the other boat? A bunch of coronavirus patients. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it creates chaos. And then the whole thing where he takes money from the fucking wealthy criminal dude and then burns it all. Yeah. He's like, I don't give a fuck about this. Yeah. Like, it's literally the complete opposite of Batman. Yeah. Um, the opening scene is incredible 
where he sets it up to where it's like, I have a team of people and you kill him and he kills you and he kills yeah. you and it's just <laughs> him left at the end. Yeah, like, and it's he kills the last guy. Insane, yeah. insane fucking setup, but it shows how smart he is and also how chaotic he is. Yeah. Um, the Two-Face being in this is perfect yeah. because Two-Face was supposed to be kind of like the Batman character where he was going to take over and lead Gotham into not having violence anymore. Yeah. And then Joker corrupts him, and he's two-faced, and he either does good or fucking kills you for no reason. The flip of a coin. What ends up happening with Two-Face at the end? Refresh my memory. Did he get arrested he, or killed? Or? He kidnaps the commissioner's kid, and he's going to kill the commissioner's kid and his family, and then Batman saves him, and he dies. Oh, okay. But no one ever says that, hey, he was Two-Face. He dies a hero. Yeah. Rather than dying as a villain. Well, because then I know the end Joker was hang- like he was hanging by his feet or something in the construction plant. Like That's how they... Like, he got arrested or whatever. Scenes, yeah. Kind of leaving it open for him to potentially come back. But, obviously, what happened with Heath Ledger? Well, I think that was the end of what they recorded. I think there were supposed to be scenes after that of him going to, like, Arkham Asylum or something. Uh-huh. I don't think they had him. Yeah. I think he died before they got those. Wow. Um, but, you know, so it doesn't have that complete ending. It's pretty much a fucking complete ending, though. Yeah. 90, 90, 99%. Well, and it's the second movie of a trilogy, too, so they don't have to completely close the door. They can leave some shit open, and I'm willing to bet if he would have lived and that would have been that, he would have showed up in the third one. Yeah. Um, So who knows? But I think the story itself of him just overcoming all of that, going up against Joker, is incredible. It's a great story of the head-to-head of complete opposites. Yeah. And trying to break this this Batman character and his ideologies. You know who has the same same storyline? Lego Batman. Does it? I don't remember. I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's tough for me. It is tough. You're going to give it to Civil War, and you're now you're tough between Dark Knight and Infinity War. Again, I forgot a lot about the story. I was just, oh, everyone loves it, and then you broke. You gave me a lot more that I was overlooking. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's that's probably right. Uh oh man, this is tough. The better made movie, but they did everything right with Infinity War. Like I said, I feel like with these, you know these super florists i don't know if i'm using that word correctly movies like infinity war which is so much kind of unrealistic stuff you have a cap where it can be so good and then at some point you know you kind of hit your cap infinity war hit that cap i don't see how they make this movie better i don't see how they make it like a critically acclaimed movie um just because the nature of critically acclaimed movies i think if there's a way to do this story where thanos is a human and not an alien i think it is a critically acclaimed movie where it's up there winning awards if it's not set in space with thanos being a space villain but instead it was some more grounded take on it yeah but when you're dealing with like infinity stones and shit that's what i'm saying you can't do that so for what they had to use and what they they used it's perfect film yeah dark knight on the other hand also a perfect film flaws let's look at flaws (laughs) to decide this give me some dark knight flaws jason oh gosh I don't know, Tyler. Um, maybe a little bit more Two-Face. Or maybe using the end of the movie to set up Two-Face as a big villain for the next movie. Even though Bane was good. I just like Two-Face when he's Two-Face. I wish I would have saw more of him. It was good. But I understand why they did what they did. Oh, and that scene where he fucking thinks he's saving Rachel and then he gets there and he's saving Harvey Dent. Yeah. The barrels. That's a great fucking scene. That's just the Joker being a dick. <laughs> That's a dick move. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to let you choose. I'm not really choose <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man 
Any flaws with Infinity War, Jason? What can you think of with Infinity War? Um, like I said, the Thor's part was the worst part, but I don't even know if that's necessarily a flaw. I will say one. Glare. Oh, no, one flaw. with I do have one flaw with Infinity War Okay, that I was going to mention earlier. The Hulk fucking sucked in this. Yeah. Just well, give mean, me the Hulk from Ragnarok. He was fantastic in the first four minutes when yeah. he fights Thanos on the ship. That's a great Hulk. He just comes in. He's just a fucking big-ass fist fight between big green and, and I, big purple. I think I would have been less mad about what they did with Hulk is if instead in the Endgame they did Worldbreaker Hulk instead of Professor Hulk. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that if they would have took a different route. My other one flaw where I was watching this movie, I think it's such a weird fucking move where they're fighting in New York and oh, what's the, the Asian sorcerer? Wong? It's yeah. Wong. And they te- teleport the one alien dude into the ice and he jumps at him through the teleport thing and they intentionally cut off his left hand. That is such a weird move to intentionally cut off his left hand. When your villain's main weapon is a glove he wears on, on his, his left, left hand. hand. Yeah. Why do you add that scene in if you're not going to use it later? Yeah. Why do you show, hey, we can chop off big alien dude's left hands early in the movie if you don't use that later in the movie? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That is, I, I was watching it. I'm like, that's just such an odd choice. Did they for try them. doing that in the one fight scene on Titan? No. Because I know they had the scene the... where they were almost pulling it off. Yeah. At that point, why didn't Doctor Strange just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's such a weird choice to basically like finish fighting that alien one of the what the fuck is it children of thanos yeah i don't know his actual name i don't either but um it's just a weird choice to add that scene in and not use it at the end of the movie well they yeah they could have done something on titan too because you have like the thor scene where he stabs him in the chest you know and you think that they won they could have doubled down and did something on titan where you think they won like I don't know how they would do that. You know what I mean? But like they go to cut off his hand and they cut off, I don't know, the wrong hand or something where Thanos gets his hand cut off, but he saves the gauntlet and he's still able to do whatever or something. You know what I mean? Like they cut off his hand or something, but you see his hand in a fist wherever it is. And it's like the reality stone. So like he makes reality change. Yeah, there you go. His hand. That would have been great. But it's such a weird, weird choice to me. Rewatching it. That was, I think that was, they probably just overlooked it. It had to have been, it had to have been something overlooking where they intentionally use that move when they could have used it later in the movie and finished the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mind that, blown. That would have been cool if they did something where they cut off his hand. He reverses like it, does whatever. Like his hand just ends in a fist, so it's still like the reality stone, and it fucking changes reality to where yeah. he still has his hand. That would have been cool. Yeah. Weird move. That was my one glaring flaw watching it this last <laughs> time for the 80th time. <laughs> that you didn't catch the first 79 times? Yeah. <laughs> um, For me, my vote's Infinity War, though. I just pointed out the flaws, but I think the highs are higher in Infinity War than they are in The Dark Knight. Like I said, I feel like um, The Dark Knight is probably the better all-around well-made movie, but Infinity War hit the cap that it kind of had for itself, and part of me thinks that The Dark Knight, as awesome as it was, was setting up for an even more awesome third also using the Joker in some capacity, and obviously things happened, and the number three was still great. But you don't make a trilogy like, hey, let's make number two the best one. You know what I mean? Especially when it's all the same director. It's not like different directors, and this guy just direct like... Spider-Man 2? Yeah, but the one. third one was because of the studio. It was supposed to be the best one. Third one was supposed to be, let's add in all these villains yeah. and shit. That just sucked. So I think they had bigger plans for Joker, or whatever the case may be, and maybe Dark Knight could have been a little bit better, could have had a little bit better ending. And I'm a little MCU biased, so I'm going to say Infinity War. It is our list, and we're very much MCU biased. So. 
I, they're both great movies, but for me, the, again, the highs in Infinity War and how they hit that ceiling is incredible. I don't know what they could have done for The Dark Knight, but it feels like they could have made it even better. feels like there is something they could have done. Yeah. Um, it's perfect for what it is, but it could have been perfect plus one. <laughs> I think Infinity War is fucking... I've said it before, dude. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I hate right. the critics who gave it bad scores. All right, so... Infinity War, moving on to the final four to face off against Anchorman. Even okay. though it's not really a head-to-head matchup because the way we're doing the final four, but facing off against Anchorman. I mean, if you would have asked for a superhero movie for this to be in the final four, it probably would have been Infinity War, so that feels accurate. Did you notice what our two uh, winners are? 14th correlation. seeds. 14th seed. What's the 14th seed in our animation? Keep, an eye, keep an eye out for Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do love Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> That's funny. And then we still haven't finished the wild card. Yeah. How many movies were we at? 15. We just need one oh. more. Um, oh, I was like, put Sandlot in there, but you already have Sandlot. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll throw it up there. Maybe. Oh, here's an idea, Ty. Let's hear it. We don't do it on the podcast, which is something we decide after. We take a first round elimination from all three of the other categories in which everyone we think is the strongest first round elimination gets to go into the wild card bracket. See, but the thing with that is it got beaten in one of the other brackets. So That's why true. would we put That's it in true. the final four if it automatically wouldn't win? In the That's final true. Four? You're right. You're right. I like where your head's at, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep spitballing. All right. So you want to do a movie scale for Onward, even though I said we'd finish with that, but we're talking about movies, so it's more appropriate just to do it right now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So last weekend, we went and saw Onward. The newest Disney Pixar movie. Uh, Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Okay. I think that's yep. it. Um, let's do a movie scale on it, Jay. Okay, plot slash story. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. The plot slash story is you have, you know, they're like, like, they're, I think they're elves. I think that's what they are yeah but it's pretty much like a modern day it's kind of like you know like elves just like other like kind of mythical creatures or whatever they're living in a modern society and they used to have magic and the magic's gone away and okay so the kid's dad died before he was born the main character and then when the other brother was a little kid and then he leaves a spell for his 16th birthday so they could say a spell and he'll come back for one day to see his kids all grown up they try to do the spell they start it they don't know how to finish it it's only his legs that come back and then they, it's pretty much a, a quest movie of them trying to go get this Phoenix gem so they could do the spell again to get their dad back. Yes. So what do you think? Which, uh, <laughs> I give it a 16. I gave it a 17. I think what they did with it was great, and it's kind of like a, we're going on this adventure to you know, bring our dad back. But he's there with you the entire time. Yeah. He's, he's got his legs, and there's funny scenes with the legs and stuff, and like they keep tapping to like know that he's with his kids and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think it, for what it does, it does a really good job. Um, I like the world building and stuff, mm-hmm. but I gave that points for a different category. Okay. Um, so I think the plot itself, 16, was a good quest trip thing, bring their dead back. I think it was a good motive for a uh, like adventure story. I gave it 17. I, I almost wanted to give it higher, but there was a few things throughout the movie where it was just like convenient um, – just like things happen conveniently for them, you know, like just that happens in movies like, oh, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I wanted to give it higher, but then it took away from that. But the reason I wanted to give it higher is just that whole dynamic between um, 
not ever seen his dad. And then, you know, he's, there's that one scene where he's talking to the tape recording of his dad and he's like having a fake conversation with it. Some heartbreaking shit. When his dad's just practicing the voicemail, you know, you have the end scene where he has the chance to finally see his dad, but no, he lets his brother see his dad. And, you know, he tells him like, you know, I never had a dad. You were pretty much like you were my dad to his big brother. I'm going to tell you, Ty, I cried probably like eight times in this movie. (laughs) Really? This might be the second most emotional movie I've ever watched behind Dog's Purpose. I didn't cry. I cried I choked a lot. Up. Victoria was bawling her eyes out. We were watching a scene, and I hear just a sniffle, and I look over, and she's got tears pouring down her face. That was me. I was crying <laughs> a lot. Just that whole dad dynamic, never seeing his dad, having the chance to see his dad, but then like, no, you go see your dad. And then him realizing that his brother's been his his like dad pretty much the whole like time. Going through the checklist and like flashbacks of all the moments with his brother. Yeah. Wow, that was great. Man. It was just yeah, it for was me, heartwarming. It re- was Pixar doing it again, man. <laughs> the reason I only gave it a 16 is because it is a very much there's the starting element and the ending element of it, which are fantastic of how it's to get his dad back. He never met his dad. And then the ending where it's like, oh, my brother's been my dad. I think those are great. The middle part of it is it's just like a quest movie. Yeah, they're going on a quest. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a very cookie cutter plot for a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been done a bunch of times. So that's the yeah. only reason I didn't give it any higher. But I think what they did with that, with the starting and the ending and the emotional points, fantastic. Okay. 17 and 16. What'd you give it for visuals slash cinematography? So this is a Pixar movie. Yeah. One of their, I think their most recent is Toy Story 4. Yeah. Looked phenomenal. Toy Story 4? Yeah. I only gave this one a 15. I gave this one a 14. I think... For it being Pixar, I was thoroughly let down with the visuals. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was no. not bad. The animation was good. But yeah, it, if it, you know, it, it didn't felt have like anything. a DreamWorks animated movie. I told Riley that afterwards. I told her that exact thing. It didn't have that Pixar flair where every time you see a Pixar movie, like the fucking cat in Toy Story 4. Are you kidding yeah. me? The rain scene where they're outside in the rain in the driveway. Yeah. Like that looks incredible. This just looks like good animation. And maybe they'll flex their muscles in Soul, the movie that maybe will come out later this year. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe that's like they're flexing their muscles with the animation. But yeah, I agree. Nothing really wowed me. Um, for Pixar, you know, it, it is it was fine, but yeah, did not live up to its own hype. I'm not going to give it under like a, a 10 or under. I give it a 14 just because it wasn't bad. That's why I was like 15. It's good animation. I thought some of the shots were cool and like the world building and everything. I thought those were those are neat. But for it being Pixar, maybe it's on a maybe it's on a scale here. Yeah. It's getting weighed down a little bit because Pixar, I've seen what they can do with the good dinosaur and Toy Story 4. and They can make visuals look fucking incredible. They they didn't do it. This looked like it could have been animated the same year that they made WALL-E, honestly. Yeah. Like Pixar terms, absolutely. Yeah. It looks like any other studio did it, which if it's a Pixar film, you have a standard to live up to. I don't think it did. Visually. Story-wise, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Key elements, Jay. What'd you give it? I give it an 18. For, oh, that's what I gave it as well. I think they did a great job with the family dynamic of the brothers oh, and yeah. the dad on the trip. I think they did a great job of, you know, modern day versus these mythical creatures yeah. in modern day. That was great, yeah. Um, I think they did a great job with that. And so I kind of threw all that together. I think they did 18. I think the world building and the family aspect of it was fantastic. Yeah, I focus more on like the brotherly aspect, which is the family aspect, but just that whole, you know... It's kind of typical, but that whole, like, younger brother, older brother relationship, you know, they have some fights throughout. You know, they're, like, polar opposites, and it's just, I don't know. They did a good job of what they were trying to do. Absolutely. It was a very unique movie, too, you know. like Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, the plot, you know, it was, like, a regular, you know, quest movie, but it's these mythical creatures in, like, a modern-day society. Like, it was a very unique idea. Um, 
like the biker gang of fairies. Yeah. That was funny. That was a neat little take on it. Oh, yeah. The humor was good. There was some laughs in there. The tavern owner. I can't yeah. think of the creature's name, but it was like, oh, this used to be a bitch in tavern, and now it's like a modern day, like, uh, Burger King. <laughs> yeah. It was a little Chuck E. Cheese type place. Yeah. Like, Chuck E. Cheese. That was yeah. funny. Like, I think they did a good job of those kind of building the world they wanted to create to tell the story in. Yeah. I think they did a great job with that. Yeah. 18. We agree. Um, characters? I haven't given it a score yet. Don't tell me what you gave it. Um, what is my heart telling me? Okay, I give it a 17. I gave it an 18 for characters as well. Okay. I, I loved the brothers. Yeah, they were both great. Um, I think the the tavern owner and no, the mom were I'm also... Gonna it, I'm going to give it an 18. I think the tavern owner and the mom were also great for their side of the story. I liked the uh, horse. <laughs> I was fucking... The cop the, horse. I died every time he neighed. <laughs> <laughs> every time. I don't know what it was, but I was just dying a lot. My favorite, the, the funniest part of the movie was the end where she was like, oh, you're going to drive to that scene or whatever? And he's like, no. And he flips his hair out. And he's like, I was born to run. And he just starts sprinting. <laughs> <He> takes off. <laughs> um, I, it was just... I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Characters are good. Yeah, great. Another brotherly aspect scene with the characters. Uh. The one scene where they're pretending to be the horse, but you can't tell a lie or else like a piece of your body. Oh, yeah. And the final lie is like, oh, do you think that kid's such a, a screw up, don't you think? Like, talking about the older brother. He's like, oh, no, no, he's not. And then a body part's revealed. So the brother like finds out, you know, like, oh, my brother thinks I'm a screw up. Yeah, it was a good scene. Hits me in the feels, man. Which kind of comes circle back around. And he's like, well, the reason he, you know, you look at him as a screw up, he had no one to guide him. Yeah. Like, oh, he was guiding think you about the that. entire time. So you're fine because you had him who was kind of guiding you, but he was figuring it out on his own. Didn't think about that. Thought it was good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Getting into enjoyment, 20. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I gave it an 18, which is pretty high for my enjoyment scale. It is. My enjoyment scale is very easy to get a 20. <laughs> oh, one scene that was sad that I just thought about right now when the older brother, because they're like, oh, you got three memories of dad or whatever. And he's like, oh, I actually have four. And he's talking about the last time he saw him and he was all wired up in the tubes and he didn't have the courage to go say hi to him for the last time. So he promised he would never be afraid again. That got me bad. That got me really, really bad, dude. <laughs> that was some heartbreaking shit. And it's very like, it's this fake world and, you know, elves and shit. But that's a very realistic thing where yeah. there's plenty of people out there that I hit real close to home. Yeah. It was sad, man. I... Pixar doing its thing. <laughs> Pixar getting you to cry. Uh, it ranks up there in terms of if we did our Pixar list. This movie ranks up there for me. I think I I put it on. I think it was number eight for me. That's fair. There's a lot of Pixar movies, but it's up there. Easily yeah. top ten, I think. It was eight right in front of Cars 3. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what's your total score? 85. So I gave it an 87, giving it an 86. What was the last movie we did? Because the last movie we did, I gave an 86. So I'm saying this is one point worse. Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. Which seems about right for me. Yeah. Uh, onward. What do we say? 86? Yeah. 86 places it in a tie with Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, I never did a scale for Peanut Butter Falcon. You gave Peanut Butter Falcon <laughs> an 86. I've watched it. So maybe I need to do scale on that and update <laughs> it. But uh, Beats Birds of Prey... Um, falls just below (laughs) falls just below far from home and jojo rabbit at 88 and a half did we do toy story 4 nope oh i don't think maybe we didn't have our movie skill at the time i don't know maybe we definitely talked about it all right do you want to talk about the coronavirus at all i mean it is going to be an issue because we like to talk sports here (laughs) and there is no more sports to be talked 
yeah, all the leagues are suspended until further notice pretty much. I mean, they've all set days, but who knows how long. Um, no MLB opening day pushback at least two weeks as of now. NBA suspended indefinitely. Well, they said 30 days at least. Okay. So they said a 30-day minimum, but it could go any farther than that. Yeah. NCAA tournament, our March Madness. Canceled. Outright canceled. Not even postponed. Yep. Uh, originally it was, oh, we'll do it without fans. And then they're like, yeah, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, College World Series canceled for yeah. baseball. It's like all the college sports. Yeah. Everything. NHL is postponed. Everything. MLS is postponed. No yeah. bueno. Um, I canceled my trip to Chicago. No bueno. Um, I, one thing I just thought of right now, our MLB over-unders aren't going to uh, come into play. fucking fuck. Yeah, so. Fuck you, coronavirus. Those automatically, like, get axed. Because, like, in the conditions, it's like if they play a full season or whatever. And obviously, if they play 14 less games, then that's potentially, you know, 8 to 10 less wins or whatever for some of these teams. Or 8 to 10 less losses. Maybe, uh, I don't. I don't even know. Maybe we look at it once they announce the start. They might of the adjust it, and we might just have to adjust our teams, stay with the same teams, same teams. But then, I don't know. Um, it's a scary time. I think. I don't know. There's two dangerous rhetorics on both sides. There's the rhetoric that this thing is a killing machine. That's you know like, you know that's just causing panic. And I see less of that than I see the other rhetoric, which is this thing isn't a big deal at all. Yeah. Um, the way I understand it, and I'm definitely not a medical expert, so don't take my word for it. Do your own research. But from the way I understand it is it is a disease that is as easily transmittable as the flu, which we all know is very easily transmittable that, yeah, it's not a killing machine, but it is much more lethal than the flu. And while 2% might not sound high, that's pretty high for a disease considering the flu is like 0.1%. Yeah. Flu is well under 1%. Um, so it's not that all of us are going to die if we get the disease, but everything's shutting down now because how spreadable it is is you know if we don't take care of it now it could very well spread where in six months everyone is sick and you have you know 10 million people or whatever the case is dying from this disease mostly elderly or people with already you know previous ailments but and that's why it's a big deal and that's why they're trying to i think try to get ahead of the curve i think people are freaking out because everything's canceled i don't think it necessarily means that you know like oh we're gonna die it's just getting ahead of the curve and kind of just postponing until we have before it gets to that point yeah. where everyone's going to fucking die, which it, we probably should have been more proactive beforehand, but yeah. Um, I think again, going off what you're saying, like there's a lot of people who are saying like, Oh, it's just overreaction by the media causing all this. Like probably not. Yeah. This is multi-million dollar companies and sports teams and everything losing a lot of fucking money because yeah. of this canceling everything. They aren't going to just overreact and do that. Yeah. Um, I do think how, un- you know, it is very unfortunate that we're baseball is getting postponed and NBA and all this stuff. Fucking Disneyland shut down for like a month. Yeah. Fourth time in history. Fourth time. They've only been closed three times. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ever. And I think the other times were like one or two days. This it was like is the an day entire after. Month. It was a day of mourning for JFK, 9-11 and like one other day. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's closed for an entire month. Um. I agree. I think it's no, it isn't going to fucking kill us all. But they are doing this because that 2% is a really small number until you start getting 2% of 100 million, 2% yeah. of a billion. Yeah. That's when a lot of people start to die. And no, you may not be at risk if you're 20, 30 and have a good immune system. Chances are you're going to fucking get through it. But if we don't actually act like it is a serious issue, it gets to that point where medical hospitals and everything are overwhelmed with the amount of people who are sick that they're trying to help 
which will cause the death rate to go up. Well, and something I heard is, you know, makes a good point. Like, and you're risking these health officials to get sick. What if all these health officials get sick? Yeah. That's what happened in China. You had a lot of health officials that were getting sick, couldn't take care of people. There's no one to handle this, in which case you're going to fucking die more often. And I should mention that it, it was reported that I think like 70% of cases are considered mild and you don't even have to go to the hospital. It mm-hmm. literally is like you're going to feel like shit for a week and you got to stay at home and literally do nothing. But, you know, you don't have to go to the hospital. Tom Hanks said that they're just because Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Yeah. So that they're just they're experiencing like, you know, chills, light body aches, you know, a light fever, which in some cases, you know, especially if you have good health, that's what it is. It's not insane. But like we said, you know. It's the flu that, yeah, chances are you might get like just like a common flu like symptoms, but you know, there's also a much higher chance of it being lethal. And then, yeah. And that not only the issue is I know the symptoms don't show up right away. You could have it for a week and not know. Yeah. That's another issue. And so the issue is, yeah, you're healthy. Yeah. You're going to get through it. But guess what? While you have it for that week, you're going to the grocery store. You're going into public areas where older people or people who have cancer and are already sick and other things are at where they're going to get it and you're going to fucking kill them because you aren't taking the prop. You know, the necessary steps. And that's a big deal, too, is, yeah, you're so infectious. Your prime infectious day or whatever is like seven days before you actually show symptoms. It was the Joe Rogan podcast where, you know, they were talking about uh, there's mirrors and SARS, I think it was, from whatever. And the reason that was easily so easily contained is because they figured out, you know, through science or whatever, that, like, someone's not infectious until, like, the third day of their symptoms. So they were able to get in front of people with symptoms isolate them and kill the disease they don't have that now yeah and that's why they're closing things because it's like dude like you know there's walking assassins that don't even know they're walking assassins they're just walking around infecting hundreds of people without fucking knowing it and then yeah maybe only two out of those hundred fucking die that's still not good yeah that's still something we should avoid and i think the fact that people are like oh it's not that big of a deal just fucking keep going like that's crazy xfl hasn't canceled anything yet no they have they they finally did yeah what about wrestlemania uh, not that I've heard of yet, but they will. That's why I'm like, they, they, people are postponing it and like, oh, just keep it going. Like, you really do need to get ahead of this before it becomes a major issue. Yeah, and there's some thought that it'll go away by the summer because it can't survive the heat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be something that's in our life for at least like the next year. I think we can maybe be back to normal by May just because, you know, the infection rate will go down. It won't be spreading as f- quickly, so it'll be more comfortable to let people go back in public. But this is really something that hasn't it's kind of unprecedented. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen and it's kind of scary. Basically shut down entire countries. Like I mean, we're shut down, but Italy like it's one person in a store at a time right now in Italy. Yeah. You can't go to malls. You can't travel out of town unless it's to take care of like sick parents or something. Yeah. They aren't letting you travel. Like this is bad in America, but it's much worse in other places. Well, and that's what I'm the most worried about personally, and it's not even like I'm not worried about the disease itself. I feel like if I dig get the disease myself hopefully you know i would survive it or whatever it's kind of just like the economic repercussions and everything else you know people losing jobs people losing business like you know you look at the economy it always goes you know for good for 10 15 years and then you know there's something that drops it and yeah this is out of people's control but this could be the thing that sends us into a freaking three-year recession after the fact you know oh yeah i know the stock market right now is crashing like crazy they just threw fucking 100 500 billion dollars into the stock market it's 1.5 trillion Oh, is that three, what it is total? Three, yeah, increments of, which would be enough to erase all the student loans just, in America. Just that out there. And uh, was thrown into the stock market a day after they rejected 14-day uh, required paid leave from employers. <laughs> um, Yeah, it sucks. And I hope by next week it's less of a big deal and we're not as sad. 
Yeah. I, I, my hope is that this is the worst, but I feel like the worst is yet to come. I really do. It could be, but also them taking the steps really helps from it getting worse. Yeah. If you can't get in public places where you can't spread so easily, it's going to help. Um, same going along with that. We talk sports. We talk movies. Fuck ton of movies have been pushed back. Yeah. Fast and Furious is delayed over a year. Well, yeah. The thing with that, too, is that day they pushed it back to was this, the day for Fast 10. They already had the day for Fast 10 set. Nah. So they just kind of put that on that date. That's why they had a very specific date ready. Yeah, I know uh, Mulan got pushed back, New Mutants, bunch of other movies. James yeah. Bond was the first one. Um, yeah. And then it's just kind of gone from there. As of right now, Black Widow's still scheduled to release the same day. Well, that's like early May, right? May yeah. 1st or something. So there's a chance that it'll be fine by then. Yeah, I think by you know April, if it's still looking bad by April 10th, they'll be like, look, let's move it back to July or something, 4th of July weekend or something. Yeah, but uh, could be running out of shit to talk about here soon. I'm just worried about the economy and everything. I really am. I gotta go we'll get see. toilet paper. There ain't toilet paper nowhere. I got like five rolls. That's crazy. Yeah. Everyone's buying TP. Gotta buy toilet paper stocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other time Disneyland closed was the Northridge earthquake in 1994. Yeah. Major, major fucking events. And on 9-11. So it's been a day here or there three times. This is an entire month. Yeah. Yeah. Assassination of JFK, Northridge earthquake. They actually used to close uh, for up until I don't know when. They used to close on Mondays and Tuesdays during the off season in early years. Really? Yeah. But never been shut down on a No, day yeah. Day three scheduled. unexpected, unscheduled closures happened because they also closed it on May 4th, 2005 to produce Media Day for the start of the park's 50th anniversary celebration. And they closed numerous times early for special events, including celebrity birthdays, corporate gatherings, and recently for movie premieres. It's crazy. So, yeah, everyone just uh, stay sanitary, wash your hands, um, even though that's not necessarily going to help you all the way. That's not like a fail-proof thing. Um, practice social distancing. It's just standing away from people in public. And uh, just know that the chance of you getting this is the chance of you getting the flu. So if you don't get the flu often, you probably already practice healthy living. Just, you know, be courteous to the others and just keep living that way. And if you feel anything, stay home. Elbow coughs. Yeah, elbow coughs. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It kind of bums me out. I wish we wouldn't have talked about it. Sucks. Well, we got to talk about it. We're going to have sports to talk about. Yeah, maybe within the lines go suspended for the first time. Maybe we shut down because of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It sucks, but... uh, I'll just start. MLB The Show comes out tonight at midnight. I'll just start talking about that. We can talk about that. I'm fine with that. Make, make a just start baseball simulating season. the season. Yeah. We'll just talk about how the fake Dodgers and Angels did. Connected franchise is back, and they have connected franchise where you could use your Diamond Dynasty teams. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty bitching. Yeah. Me and Miko going to be freaking... Mm-mm-mm. Next year. Next year, I'll be on when it's on Xbox. You could be playing with your uh, cowboy hats, huh? I could. Unfortunately not. That I bought you. Angel's cowboy hat. That I just noticed the logo's very off-centered. It's funny. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was at the thrift store. <laughs> you got anything else, Jay? No, I don't. All right. Uh, be sanitary, everyone, and be a good friend.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.